Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Black Label presents Heavy Montreal, July 28th and 29th, outdoors at Parc Jean Drapeau, featuring Avenged Sevenfold, Rob Zombie, and Marilyn Manson. Festival passes are on sale now. See the full lineup at heavymontreal.com. Hi, I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. On this episode, we're going to talk some rock, some metal, and anything else we feel like. We're also going to jam some tunes, have a drink, and share some honest opinions. Thanks for listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Let's get things started. This is the Sean Baker Orchestra with Which Way to Radioland.
Welcome back to another episode of the Talking Metal Podcast. We have three great guests today. The one and only Jeff Pilsen, known for his work, of course, with Foreigner, Dokken, Dio, and, and so many others. Then Michael Devon, who it was great to meet Michael. Uh, he is the current bassist in Whitesnake and has been with him quite a, quite a while at this point. So we're going to talk to Michael, too. And then last, we're going to hear from uh, Indy. He is the bassist in a band called Doomsday Outlaws. So epic episode here today. I'm joined by my wife, Emily Striegel. How are you, Emily? Hey. What a blast it was hanging out with you and Michael Devon and Jeff Pilsen at the Foreigner Whitesnake Jason Bonham show here in New Jersey at the PNC Art Center. I had so much fun. You know, these were both really great interviews, and most of it has to do with the fact that these guys are just top-notch dudes. Yeah. So kind, and just good vibes all around. Absolutely, and you were there with me as I did the interviews. You're not actually uh, a part of the interview, although I do believe at one point in the Michael Devon interview, I like randomly... Say, ask am I you. laughing? No, I like I like randomly address a question to you, like, oh, is that where you recorded with your band? Oh, right, or something? right, right. And the Hoboken I thought, question. Yeah, I thought of the studio. Actually, this will make more sense to the listeners after you hear the interview. But Big Blue Meanie is where Big you, Blue Meanie, you, which so was Madonna, not Hoboken. It was Weehawken, it was Weehawken right next and Madonna to, recorded there. Yeah, as uh, I, I, did, I think, right? I yeah, think I think like we need to look something up crazy. Like, I think like a virgin or, or things yes. were recorded there. I mean, that was yeah. a, a great studio, and it was also a studio that like really broke a lot of those Jersey emo bands, like Thursday yeah. and. Well, uh, uh, talking metal listeners might not even know that I was in a band. Yeah, well, yeah, they might not. They might not. But the Minx. But the yeah, my band recorded at a studio in Weehawken, and we were trying to figure out if it was the same one that Michael had recorded at, which it was not. Yeah, and the Minx, by the way, M Y N. No, don't even stop. Okay, all right. <laughs> Go no further. Okay, all right. Well, <laughs> this is a long time ago. Okay, I thought, I thought you guys times. were great. No, I love. I thought the you guys were great. I was going to give you a little plug, but forget it. <laughs> all right. I won't go any further. So on that note, you know, we think Jeff Pilsen and you think, well, the guy in Foreigner, the Jeff Pilsen, the producer, producing all these bands. And, and of course, I think he's mostly always associated with, with Dokken and Dokken. all those classic yeah. Dokken songs that he wrote and co, you know, co or sang, I was going to say co, co sang lead on, which is not right. He sang backing, you know, but it was, his voice was a big presence in that band as well as his songwriting and his basis and his bass playing. But, you know, he, we don't really, a lot of times, I don't know. I think sometimes you think of Dio and, you know, you think of Jimmy Bain, of course. And, you know, and of course, he kind of overshadows a lot of the other bassists that were in God, that band, but the but story Doc, he told, but, but, uh, the story Doc, <laughs> Jeff Pilsen played on on uh, some great albums with Dio, Strange Highways, which I'm a huge fan of yeah. and always have been, and I even played it on my solo um, podcast that I did last year because it's it's kind of an I don't know. I think it's an underappreciated Dio Do you remember album. the song you played on? Strange Highways, the title yeah, the track. the title track. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll hit a different one off Super heavy. Yeah. And, and he just wasn't on that record. He was on a lot of Dio records. 
didn't you love the story about how he, I mean, once again to the interview, I was laughing so hard when he talked about, you know, how he got, how it came about for him, you know, playing on this album and then the little tidbit of information he provided of what he was having some handyman issues. That, yeah. The sprinkler. <laughs> the sprinkler. That's the, one of the, my favorite talking metal stories maybe ever because I love Dio so much. Yeah, Jeff is just such a class. He's such act. a nice guy. And, you know, he played, like I said, he played on a lot of those Dio records, including that last Dio record, which I just, I really loved. And that was, of course, Master of the Moon. We saw that tour, which Jeff didn't do the tour. Rudy Sarzo did the tour, but Jeff is on, on that record, which is, is just a great record, Master of the Moon. And,. You know, I guess we could do something off of Master Master of the Moon, but let's go back to the album you mentioned, Strange Highways, because Jeff had more songwriting credits on that record uh, than he did on, on Master of the Moon. And wow, what a great record that was. I mean, I think Jeff wrote like 90%, co-wrote 90% of the songs on the mm-hmm. Strange Highway record. And this but is the song. It's, oh, it's kind ahead. of an, it was, it was at an awkward time in the, in, in music. Yeah. I think that's why it wasn't as well received as maybe it should have been. It was also very heavy. He'd just come off of Black Sabbath tour, correct? Well, that 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 sounds right. I mean, he could have... Was it right after Dehumanizer? Because let's see, do, Strange Highways was like 94-ish, I think. He was kind of bitter about how things ended, was he not? Yeah, which, that was his kind of second go-round with, with Sabbath. And yeah, that makes total sense because Dehumanizer would have been early 90s, like 92, I believe. So so yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I feel like that first Sabbath reunion, you know, I consider Heaven and Hell to be his kind of third reunion with those guys. Not kind of, it was. It just was, they didn't call it Sabbath. But um, yeah, I, I feel like maybe it didn't go to the place they wanted it to. I think Dehumanizer now, people look back more fondly on it. But at the time, you know, it didn't really didn't explode. I remember for me personally, it didn't quite give me that feeling that mob rules and, and, uh, heaven and hell gave me nowhere even close to be, to be quite honest. Although, you know, I liked a few of the songs and, you know, in more recent years since heaven and hell became a item for 10, over 10 years ago at this point, I really, uh, I really got into that dehumanizer record, but that's a whole nother Dio conversation. And let's let's get into a Jeff Pilson conversation with Jeff Pilson. Again, this was recorded at the PNC Art Center in Homedale, New Jersey, on June thirtieth, two thousand eighteen. This is going into the interview: Jesus, Mary, and the Holy Ghost, written by Tracy G, Jeff Pilson, and RJD, Ronnie James Dio, here on Talking Metal.
Hey, it's Mark Striegel of Talking Metal, and we are backstage here at PNC Art Center in New Jersey with the one and only Jeff Pilson. Jeff, always an honor. How are you, man? I am great, and thank you for having me. It's wonderful oh, to be here. Yeah, it's it's great to be speaking with you again, and the Foreigner Tour is in full effect here. Mick Jones back in the swing with you guys, which is great, and there's been some uh, appearances from other original members. There have. So how does how do the original members kind of vibe with the newer members? I mean, it's well, we, newer actually been in the band. We a long time. all got a, got along amazingly well, actually, and yeah. you know it's pretty cool because it was Mick's thought was to uh, you know for the 40th anniversary is when right. we when we brought uh, the original guys back uh, for a couple shows up in in. Um, in Michigan, uh, they'd also joined us at Jones Beach in New York for right. uh, a couple of shows. Well, three of them did, um, and and uh, I think partly because of the event and the right. momentousness of the event, and just the fact that everybody's cool, it just instantly connected. And they're great guys, and I I now have pretty good email and text relationships with oh, all great. of them, and ongoing, and it's wonderful. Cool. And you guys are going to do this big uh, reunion of the original guys out in uh, Sturgis, is That's it? Right. In, That's in right. In August. That's right. And is that going to be like recorded or is there any plan? I don't, I don't yeah. believe so because no. we did record the shows w that we did in Michigan okay. last October. We recorded right. and filmed that. Yeah, okay. And that's all. That'll, that'll probably be released sometime next year. Okay, um, cool. So I doubt if we'd record Sturgis. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be cameras rolling and there's yeah. going to be footage and there's sure. going to be YouTube and all that. But, um, but mostly that's just a... You know, it's kind of better when you don't have all the pressure of a recording and everything. Yeah. So I think it's just going to be a fun, wide open show. Going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I wish I could get out there for that. It it's going like to be a, really cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. And you're a guy who just has so much stuff going on all the time. And we only have probably 10 minutes here. So I just wanted to hit upon some of it. Oh, Mason, Robert Mason, George Lynch, Mick Brown. I guess it's not. What was it called? It's not it going to be called Superstroke anymore. Right, no, okay. we're going to change the name. I can't tell you what the name is, or I'd have to kill you. Right. Okay. But um, <laughs> but we will be announcing the name probably in January. We do have a name though, and we have okay. a whole thing planned. Um, Stuff recorded already for that. The or? Records re it, all done. All it's done. It's been recorded. Wow. It's now being mixed. Okay. Um, and I, that's going to be a slow process because uh, it's being mixed in Italy, so we have to go back and forth a lot. Um, right. You know, I mean, not that we're going to travel to Italy, is that but because of frontier, know, frontiers, are they? It's yeah, a frontiers yeah. record, right? Cool. But the record came out phenomenal. Awesome! I am awesome. so excited about it. The label's really excited about it. We're going to have a big launch planned for 2019, right. um, and like I say, I'm just ecstatic at how it came out. Probably a little different in some ways than you might think, and then right. in some ways it's going to be very much what you'd expect. So, yeah. Um, but it's a very deep record. There's okay. a lot of stuff on it. So, I mean, we. We, we went on some adventures in there. George is playing his butt off. Robert is singing unbelievable. Yeah. Everybody's oh, I just saw the two singing. of them uh, with Lynch Mob down yeah. in oh, Maryland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, it's pretty, wow, it it's was pretty shocking. Yeah. Robert is, is, has become just such an amazing front man now. I mean, yeah. he really is. And, uh, right. and he's a great guy, and we just all had a wonderful chemistry. It was, it was one of the more effortless, natural records I've ever done, and... That's all you can ask for. That's the best thing you can possibly ask for. Now, George gets, I guess I'd say, he gets some shit in the press for for doing all these bands. Too, ma too many. Yeah, yeah, say, yeah. People say he does too much stuff and, right. you know, KXM, like they never played live and, and stuff like that. Do you imagine that maybe you guys could get out and do well, some live stuff? Yeah, I, mean, I, I absolutely do. I mean, that's that's a big, big goal of ours. Right. Um, 
you know, the reason we can't promise it is because schedules are so tough. Right. Um, especially my schedule with Foreigner is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and it's very hard to schedule other things with that schedule. But having said that, that's a gigantic thing that we have uh, in mind that we plan on doing sometime, somehow in 2019 is somehow playing live. I would um, think there'd be a big, big draw. I mean, I would love that because I, you know, you'd get the new stuff, but I know you'd get the docking yeah, classics. Yeah, I mean, and think of how well we do that stuff Lynch too. Mob song or we, two. We'd yeah. kick it. We'd yeah. kick it right in the old butt. So, yeah. Um, we really want to do that. Okay. We really want to do that. We really want to go to Japan with that too. So um, that's a big. That's a big. I, again, I can't say it's a promise. Right. But it's a big goal, and uh, it's something that we're going to work very hard to make happen. Awesome. Uh, again, just some bullet points here. Last in line, yep. you produced the, the first record. Second You're doing record. The second record. Second it's record done. is, it's not done done, but right. it's uh, it's about three quarters of the way done. There's just some you vocals You did a great left. job with the first record, Oh, well, thank you. Way, and and the second record is phenomenal. It's right. just phenomenal. Cool. Um, it's about, like I say, I'd say three. There's some vocals left to do is about all there is, really. Right. It's just some vocals. All the guitars and solos and blah, 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 blah are done. Cool. Um, and it came, it's it's just absolutely amazing. It's, Great. It's a really strong record. It's, I mean, I loved the first record, and I'd say, if anything, this one's stronger. So, right, okay. Great. You know, that's a, that's a, it's a big thing to say, but I, I believe it and feel it. Cool, cool. Uh, again, moving on, Doc and Reunion shows. Any, you know, you guys had a, a brand new song out. Doc and put out a new song. I, yeah, I, I know. Shocked me. Who would have thought? <laughs> it's yeah. it's another day. The classic Doc and lineup. Uh, great song. Yeah. Any any more songs coming from you guys? Did you do just one, or were there other well, ones? Well, we recorded? only did yeah. one, and yeah. then we did the two acoustic remakes that we did. Right. Okay. Um, but and you the know, the, the one was an, an enjoyable enough experience, and painless enough experience that I could see some some more happening somewhere down the line right I don't know uh, you know we get a lot of offers Doc yeah. and does um, especially to do shows um, I think we'd all love to see it happen but again the scheduling thing comes in the way right um, and you know and in a, in a and you know I think Don is a little concerned that if he puts too much emphasis on a Doc and reunion that it's gonna make his Doc and suffer now and I understand that yeah. and you know Hey, that's his that's his thing now, so I get right. it. Um, and you're so totally fine with that. that I, he's of out, course, yeah. I'm totally fine with that. Um, and uh, no, I'm, I'm, I think it's great. He's got the you know that he's. I mean, it's great that we can still do stuff like that, you know. Yeah. And then and then, and if we can ever get a chance to do another reunion, it'd be great. Um, we'll see. Again, we get offers. We talk about it. We're all on friendly enough terms that we can talk about these things. Um, I hope. I, I would like to see it happen at some point. I'd love to do a fine. I do. I'd love to do one more record as Dokken with right. the original lineup, uh, the classic lineup, and um, and I hope that happens. You know, I never thought we'd be talking about it this far along. So, right. who knows? Yeah, it's very possible. Cool. And uh, but I, I I think there's there's a demand and a, a market for a full out reunion in the states for you guys a tour I think there, I'm talking I think there about. is two well you know, sure you, i mean you guys did the japan shows and there was what one show in the states or something one show like in that. the states yeah, yeah. it was our yeah, i'd love show. to have you come to new york or new jersey that would be amazing we to, would love to yeah. do that too i mean again i don't think it's at all impossible it's just tough because of schedules once right. again because that would require probably even more of a commitment than than doing stuff with george and robert and mick so um um so that's why there's it's so hard to put a date on it or any kind of a commitment. But having said that, I would love to see it happen. So you never know. Awesome. We hope so. 
the Strange Highway Record album by Dio. 25 years this year. Uh, that almost 25 years old at this point. It blows my mind. Any any memories that jump out about recording and making this record well, 25 years ago? the whole ago. thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was it was, it was a very magical experience. Um, you know, from the day that Vinny and Ronnie showed up at my door because uh, Jimmy kind of went AWOL on them. And they, sh- they literally showed up at my door. They were rehearsing down the street. And they literally showed up at my door. Wow. And... Um, they said, "Hey, how you doing, man? We're you know we're, we're rehearsing down the street. We're just we just want to come by and say, you, you know, of anybody that would you know want to play because <laughs> you know we can't find Jimmy." And I said, "Yeah, well, yeah, I would." <laughs> right, right. They right. said, "Really?" I said, "Yeah." And I said, "There's one problem, my sprinklers aren't working." And so, <laughs> and Vin- and you know, I'm like the least handyman in the universe. Right. And Vinny is the most handyman in the universe. Ronnie probably second. Right. So they said, "Well." Where's your Where's your box? And we, I said. So, so Vinny and Ronnie went in my backyard yeah. and fixed my sprinklers in about 15 <laughs> minutes, and then they go, "Okay, ready to jam?" Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's great. So, and that's how it all started, and yeah. it was just it was just an amazing process from then on. Um, Thank you. I, it was it was such a wonderful record to make, and um, I mean the jamming that we did to to come up with the songs and. The feeling, I mean, it was just a really magical period, and Ronnie was in such a great headspace. It was, it was wonderful. Yeah, awesome, cool. And, you know, Mick Jones has produced some pretty big records. Yeah, uh, yeah. Van Halen, Billy Joel. Yeah, You're yeah. a producer. You've done uh, Warren, Kill Devil Hill, and Last in Line, and probably missing other big ones, but, yeah. Um, uh, well, none quite on the level of Billy Joel or Van Halen. Right. right. <laughs> Do you guys ever talk about... Being a producer, do you guys have? Of course. Have, yeah, and, and you, does, you don't think I've picked his brain yeah, every chance say, I can possibly get? Of course. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. I'm actually what any chance I'm in the studio with Mick, um, I try and be a sponge as much right. as I can. He's, you know, and the other thing too is he's actually really cool when he's in the studio and he knows that I'm quote unquote the producer. Right. He he defers to me, which is wow. which is a pretty big thing for him to do. Does he? show his uh, say his opinion of course right and um does he guide things along of course um but you know when if if i have something set that has to be done or whatever he's very very good about letting me do it and he's he's very respectful of that um but every possible chance i get i try and watch him pick his brain um you know like if if we're recording a vocal with kelly He's really good with vocals. I mean, he is so spectacular with vocals and what he gets out of a singer. And um, I watch every second of that, you know, like I'm watching the last movie I'll ever see on the right. on Earth. So, um, yeah, I, I've learned a lot from Mick and hope I continue to. Cool. Two short questions and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. Uh, any anyone else you're currently producing in the studio besides last last in line? You working with anybody else right now? You could tell us about. Well, um, there is a pop record that I'm doing with an artist called Angel, who is oh, okay. from right around here. That, oh yeah. That uh, we're going to try and release that in in uh, September, and the, the name of the record is "Life's a Celebration," and you're already there. Cool. Uh, the first song is called "Life's a Celebration." And it's very pop, though. It has nothing to do with my rock side. Right. Um, as it. far as other rock artists, um, I have another project that I'm just starting to talk about. And I can't really say who's involved yet because right. n- nobody's confirmed except one guy, and I'm not going to say it. So, okay. All right. So, but, but, yeah, there are more, there are more projects coming. Um, the, you know, I, I really want to 
finish last in line and finish the, the pro project with George Mick and Robert. Yeah. Um, and again, musically, George Mick and Robert and I are done. So now that's just a question of the promotion side. And you know, we, we just did a photo shoot. So there's lots of great stuff coming. Um, but uh, I, have to, I have to take it a little bit easy before I start in this other project. Okay. I gotta finish other stuff right. first. One thing at a time. And uh, you know, I just grew up being such a massive Dokken fan. And oh, well, just thank you. really love the, okay. the 80s era records, every one of them. What, what, what are some of your, what's your favorite Dokken album? From back in oh, the day. Oh, favorite Dog and album is unquestionably Tooth and Nail. Yeah. Um, but that's probably partly for the the feelings and nostalgia that I have for the whole process. It was a it was a very amazing process. You know, I mean, they I had just joined the band really. Yeah. And they gave me so much responsibility right like right away. I mean, you know, the first conversation they ever had with me is they said, "We want to encourage you to write as much as you can and be yeah. as involved as you can." I, and, you know, considering we're not talking about small egos here. You right. Know, yep. I thought that was really cool. I was like, wow, they really they really do want to see the big picture. You know, everybody did, Don included. Um, and and when we got into the studio, I did end up getting a lot of the responsibilities. I did end up kind of producing Don a lot of Don's vocals on Tooth and Nail. And I thought, wow, this is really bizarre. I'm just joining the band, but they're letting me do this. But yeah. it worked. Right. Absolutely. And... and um, and, you know, tooth and nail, I mean, the writing process, there was that month. I, I literally lived at George's house for a month, and we just wrote a lot of the music for that and some of the full songs. And um, it was, I mean, he and I had already really bonded because we roomed together on the road for most of the Break in the Chains tour yeah. and started writing together, like, right away. Um, so we already had a chemistry, but you spend an intense month like that, and it gets really intense. And it's lasted. It's gonna last a lifetime. Yeah, I mean, so he and I have a bond there, that I know yeah. we'll never break uh, in any way. Awesome. So, that that's one of the reasons I have such a great feeling about that record. Absolutely cool, Jeff. As always, thank you for well, my pleasure. spending some time with us before your gig here at the PNC Art Center in Homedale, New Jersey. Cannot wait to see Foreigner tonight. It's gonna be a great show. Cool. It's gonna be really fun. Everybody needs to get out to this uh, this tour. What a bill, Jason Bonham doing Zeppelin. White Snake, classic White Snake, and yeah, classic yeah, and, Warner stuff. And, yeah, and I mean the White. I mean, for for one thing, you know, obviously Jason set, you know, Led Zeppelin. How can you go wrong? Right. White Snake. I mean, my God, every song they play is just a great song. Yeah. Um, and I gotta say, we're pretty on our game. So yeah, I peeked at the set list and I was like, oh well, man. And, and, <laughs> and when did you see the show? We're, yeah. we're kicking some butt. So, yeah. Cool. Um, this is an amazing tour. I'm, I'm not only honored to be part of it, but I really am proud of it and really do hope a lot of people can come and see it because it is, it's the best thing we've ever done. Cool. And there's, you're about, a, what, three weeks into the tour at this point? And oh, another no, you're six weeks times or questions. Yeah, oh, my God. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think no. something like that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. No, actually, yeah. actually, it's just a little over two weeks. Two I weeks, think, okay. So, but anyway, okay. Um, but, yeah, it's going great, and... I'm just really excited. And, and thank you for interviewing me, and nice to see you guys. And yeah, thank absolutely. you so much. Cool. Thanks, Jeff. All right.
was Turn On The Action by Duck and Yeah, great, great record, great song. I love every song on that record. And cool to hear that that Jeff has such fond memories of of that record, too. I actually posted about Dockin' on Facebook tonight. You probably haven't seen it yet. I did see it. I see see everything you post. Oh, God. Stalker. Yeah. Yeah. which, yeah, we were, I, it we made me feel off. a little bit bad because here I went and spent $80 on fireworks today and, and Emily was uh, commenting on, no. uh, on a okay. public forum that my firework display for <laughs> for four four kids ages, you know, <laughs> seven through nine and two adults, uh, the two different moms, Emily being one of them, uh, was, what do you call it? Mediocre. Mediocre. Yeah. You know what? Sorry. No, I loved it. You don't understand Mediocre is not a bad word when it comes to fireworks. Okay. I don't need a big display. I like a mediocre firework display in a driveway. And I said it made me want to slow dance to Dokken because it just, it's like these memories of like, I don't know, adolescence. Yeah. Isn't it kind Absolutely. of like yeah. bad fireworks and yeah. slow dancing to Dokken? Yeah. Brings you back. Definitely. <laughs> you couldn't slow dance to that song we just heard though. Turn no. on the action. That's a heavy. I'm thinking like alone again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Um, so let's uh, let's keep things moving here. This is Creature Feature by From the Earth. And this is, I guess, a project. We clarify that with Michael. A project uh, that Michael is involved with. And wow, this guy has quite a voice on him. And did you notice during the White Snake set, I mean, how much of the, the stuff he was singing along with David? I mean, sometimes David even pointed over at him and he'd take a, oh, a sure. line of lead here and there. Absolutely. You know, lead vocals. He's got so. a great voice. Yeah, David had a lot of uh, support, vocal support. Yeah. He still got it, but yeah, he, he has a lot of good voices on stage to help him out. Absolutely. Needed. And, you know, before we get into this interview... And this song, we're going to hear Creature Feature by From the Earth featuring Michael Devon. But before we do, two big special thanks to Michael Regan, who I hadn't emailed in like five or six years. And I sent him an email just thinking, eh, maybe he could hook up a Pilsen interview since he had done that for me before. The guy emails me back immediately and within 24 hours sets up a, an interview for us with with Jeff backstage at the, uh, the Foreigner White Snake. Jason Bonham show. So uh, big props to you, Michael, for setting totally. up Thank the, you. the interview. And it, it's Michael Regan, not Michael Reagan. Michael Regan, I clarified that with him. Great dude. He he helps Jeff, Jeff out with uh, some of his uh, his web stuff, you know, social media and whatnot. Uh, at least that's what Jeff told us. So yeah. yeah. And also to one of my oldest buddies, Rob Bailey, a guy who I've known since I was 17 years old, my neighbor at Berkeley College of Music in the fall of 1987 and the spring of 1988, uh, a guy who really, I remember him taking me under his wing and, and uh, showing me the modes and, and helping me He's with some guitar dude. stuff. He's a and, good dude. And then my, my roommate's girlfriend would come up like it felt like every other weekend and Rob's roommate that year would go home a lot on the weekends. So I would, would let you yeah, I, I would, I would, I would have to go into Rob's room. It happened at least three <laughs> times uh, because to give your roommate some privacy, yeah, to give my roommate some privacy, which, um, 
which was cool because I, I got to hang with Rob and, and uh, Rob was such a, a great dude. And, you know, I, I, I lost contact with him for a number of years. And then he came up to me in Manny's music one day. I was in there on my lunch break and, and I almost didn't recognize him because he used to have the big hair and stuff yeah, back in the I've day. And, pictures. and he, you know, he had a, he had a little, a little hat on and, and it was, it was a, had a different look, you know, 10, 15 years later. Um, again, we lost contact in that, that, uh, that time frame. but then, you know, we reconnected. I mean, that had to be, I'm thinking back, that was like when I was at, that had to be like 2004 right. or something when I reconnected with Rob. So anyways, great. And now dude. he's, he's killing it with mule kick with Frank Ferrer. Yes. Yeah. And that whole, it's, it's all very incestuous. Like everyone knows everyone in this music yeah. scene in New York city. Yep. Absolutely. And we get into that a little bit with Michael Devon in this interview. So without further ado, uh, let's get into the interview with Michael Devon. This is Creature Feature by From the Earth. Check From the Earth out on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon. You will not be disappointed. I mean, listen to this song. This is just, I love this song. Creature Feature by From the Earth, followed by my interview with Michael Devon and Emily was sitting right next to me through through both of these interviews today. So uh, yeah, check it out.
invention. A secret invasion on a world without Dude, is that Tommy Bolin on your shirt? Wow, yeah, it's a great shirt. Thanks. Check one. It's Mark Striegel of Talking Metal, and we are here backstage at PNC with the bassist of White Stake, Michael Devin. Michael, thanks for taking some time to talk with us today. Absolutely, Mark. Thanks for inviting me onto the program. You bet. And listen, I was listening to your brand new EP, From the Earth. Yes. Is, is it, now, is it a project or band? Should I, should I refer to it as like the From the Earth project? I suppose at this point you could refer to it, I should refer to it as a project because okay. I don't actually have a lineup yet. Okay. But, um, and the players who have played on it, um, you know, I've kind of pulled from all over the place. So. It sounds great, man. Thank I mean, you, man. I really, truly enjoyed it. it some. Uh, diversity to it but you know some heavy riffs some heavy rock kind of a old school feel if you will yes and uh two eps i guess that are coming out and this the first one's currently out yeah the first one's currently out and then the um the second uh, ep will drop sometime um late summer early fall somewhere in there Right. right before it starts to snow and get too cold and miserable. You know what I mean? Right, right. And why, why not do one full length in, as opposed to two EPs? Well, because I felt like it would be um, more beneficial, I guess, to kind of build a little combustion and uh, let people absorb it in smaller doses than one big album. Right, okay. You know, right. it's kind of a... I don't know if you would want to call it a strategy or something because right. I'm not right. very, you know... Strategious in this way, but uh, I, uh, I just thought, you know what, half and half, and and uh, I was going back and forth with it for a while, and I just thought, well, this this might be the wiser way because I don't have a label who is out there, you know, pumping it and and right uh, and right. distributing it and doing all the advertising. So cool. We encourage all the the listeners to check it out. Again, I listen to it on Spotify. It's on Amazon. It's on iTunes. From the Earth with. Michael Devon of White Snake, and let's uh, let's talk about the the vocals on this. I'm assuming this is you singing. Yes, yeah, that is great voice. I said to Emily when I was listening to it, "Wow, this guy can really sing." So thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I came to the um, I came to the party a little later in life as a singer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, uh, uh, you know, I mean, and I'm a bassist, so I was kind of um, innately sort of shy and preferred the to be, you know outside of the spotlight so to speak right. and singers traditionally have to be front center and you know yeah um even though i knew that i had a singer living inside of me i just i wouldn't let him out you know what i mean for a right long on. time but. right on and the the ep it has such a warm feel to it yeah and i wanted to talk to you how you go about getting that feel is it the studios you recorded in is it yeah. did you record analog how 
fill us in a little bit about where and how this was recorded. Well, um, it's sort of, I kind of call it the, uh, you know, the suitcase record, because I feel like I made it out of a suitcase. It was always, I was always going somewhere to get another piece of it, whether it was if I wanted somebody to lay a guitar track over it, or if uh, I wanted to get a, a uh, like violin, like on Moon Queen or what have you. But, um, but most of it was done... Um, Either at 606 Studios uh, in uh, Los Angeles. Which is Dave Grohl's. Yeah, the Foo Fighters. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they all, yeah. that's their whole, that's their clubhouse. And right. Everything. And, you know, that's a candy store. It's got everything you could ever imagine or right. want in there. And uh, so that provides a very warm sound. A lot of tubes yeah. burning in there. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. And then. Uh, now, does that studio have the board from Sound City? Yes, it does. Okay. And right. it has a lot of gear from Sound City. A right. lot of stuff that, uh, a lot of artifacts he grabbed, you know, which cool. is so cool. Yeah. It's awesome. um, but I have a, uh, a bit of a. Uh, concept in in my mind uh, and in and in my heart and that's kind of trying to make music that's big and heavy uh, uh, but without all of the um, the uh, overdubs overlays you know multi-tracked guitars and stack 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 right it seems to be the newfangled way of making records in the past you know decade or two people just want to stack it make it big compress the hell out of it and there's your single you know right I, I kind of wanted to avoid that. I I like the sound of bands that um, sound a lot heavier in my mind than they do when I press play. Right. A band like Free, let's say, Paul okay. Rogers or something sure. like that. You know, uh, even ACDC. If yeah. if I'm critical about their records, they're they're not uh, you know overpowering. They're very uh, simple and yeah. uh, the the guitar tones all that, but. When I think of it, it's it's huge, right? Uh, yeah. So it's sort of like allowing the imagination to uh, fill up that headroom, if you will, you know. And I, I think that that our minds will do that regardless uh, if we like hard rock music, as right, you, you know. Yeah. You don't have to compress it for me. I can imagine, yeah, that it's big, and that's kind of what I was doing with this with this stuff. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And let's talk about some of the uh, the guests that join you yeah. on the record. Yeah. Um, how about? There's a, some drums. Who's handling the drums? There's a there's a few different guys. There's uh, uh, Stephen Perkins uh, from Jane's Addiction. He's sure. on uh, a few tracks, and then uh, Brian Tishy, uh, old friend, old Jersey guy. Yeah. Um, he's uh, on a couple of tracks, and then um, uh, who else is on there? There's a there's a young guy uh, by the name of Russell Holtzman, uh, who's uh, out of Jersey, New York area. Uh, tw- I don't know. He's twenty two or twenty three, um, and uh, um, I got in a studio with him in New Jersey in Hoboken uh, with my friend uh, and producer uh, Warren Riker, uh, who produced uh, a lot of stuff. You can look him up. He produced like the Down Records, Fuji's. This is Water Studio. Yes, is that, yeah. At Water is that Music. Where you recorded? Did you record it? Oh, that was up in Weehawken. Uh, never mind. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah Hoboken. Yeah. yeah, it was... Uh, now, is that Lenny Kravitz's old studio? Or n- that's a different place? Nope, that's no. a different place, wow. too. okay. Yeah. Right. This place had, you know, at the six-foot mark, it had the watermarks, literally, ironically, called water music because it was wow. basically submerged in that sewage water from the floods from uh, Hurricane... Uh, Sandy. What? Sandy, yeah. yeah. Um, so the board, they took... You know, they basically left the chassis, but they took all of the pre's out everything out of the board and then when the when the uh, storm passed they went in and you know vacuumed it all up 
clean the place up and put everything back in. There's ghosts in that. Wow. In that wow. board, man. A lot of quirky stuff happening with that thing. It was like it. It was like watching Warren Riker, you know, kind of drive the Millennium Falcon. You know, like <laughs> yeah. he's banging on shit. You right. know, he's just trying to get the thing to work half the time. And then yeah. when it would work, it was like yes, you know. But um, you know, and the the. Uh, music and the whole thing was a you know is a labor of love for me because like I say like it, all the resources are coming from me they're not coming from anywhere else you know what I mean right. except uh, I do have a friend John who who's uh, helped out on on some of it but you know it's like one of those things you kind of get in the trenches with people and and you know the guys who have played on it like like Russell and Warren there's another kid a, a young kid named Nick uh, uh, Nicola Winsense uh, guitarist um, plays in a band with uh, Russell. Okay. Warren produced them. That's how I met them. And he said, you should just you know, bring your tunes in and, and have these guys uh, have a go at a song or two. So the, right. there's a song on the record called Creature Feature. Right. That, uh, we, we actually heard that earlier in the podcast coming into the interview. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. That one was cut live right on the, on the floor and uh, kind of written on my way you know, from uh, the bedroom to the studio. I, you know, right. <laughs> while we were warming things up, I was like, you know, I knew I had... A couple of guys, like, and we could, you know, we could cut right there. So cool. Yeah, we went there with it. But excellent. Uh, Jesse Green plays violin. She plays with Pink now. She's a really oh, phenomenal cool. player, violinist, nice. and musician. And uh, who else? My friend Jay Monzart from. Uh, uh, he's a guy I grew up with. He played guitar on a bunch of it. Um, our mutual friend Rob Bailey played guitar yes. on a couple tracks. Although those tracks are not on on this uh, release, but uh, maybe the next one. Possibly, Possibly, yeah, okay. yeah. But um, I'm gonna get him to play on other things too. I just think he's great. He's yeah, really yeah, great, great guy. And where player. do you know Rob Bailey from? Rob Bailey comes from the world of uh, through the world of uh, Brian Tishy and right, um, yep. and the Jersey, New York, Boston, uh, Berkeley circles. Yeah. So when I moved to LA, I met Brian um, pretty early on and joined his band. He had a band called Ball. Uh, with Joe Travers, who's also from Berkeley. Okay. Joe's a phenomenal drummer. Uh, uh, and through those guys, um, I met, you know, people like Dorian Hartsong, who's out here playing bass with Jason Bonham. He was a Berkeley guy. Okay. Rob Bailey. Rob and Dorian are really, really close friends. Uh, cool. Yeah, all those cats. Rich Monica, John DeServio. Yeah, who's in Black Label Society. Yeah, he's yeah, in Black yeah. Label, you know. JD. So, yeah, JD. what we used to call him. Well, that's Berkeley. what his name yeah. is, JD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Those, all those cats. That's how I met Rob, through all of that affiliation. But uh, Cool. Yeah. Cool. And you mentioned uh, Jason Bonham, who's on this tour with you guys. Uh, you, now, you played with Jason for a while, right? Yes. In yeah. fact, it's a little bit of a deja vu going on because I did this run uh, last year. Oh, wow. But instead of, yeah, being in the middle band, I was in the opening band. Uh, oh. Cheap Trick was with us last year. Oh, okay. So you were, that, recently you were playing. Yeah. Now, yeah, did we, you play, we saw Jason at the Wellmont in Montclair. I don't know if you remember. This was like two years, two, three years ago. That was probably yeah. not me. That was that. not you. No, okay. that would have been. Because we saw Whitesnake at the same venue. Yeah. And that was definitely you. That yeah. was probably like two years ago. Yeah, yeah. that was not me. I, I came out last summer because Dorian, uh, uh, he, he, you know, had some personal stuff going on. And, and so I had the time, I had the time open. Right. And it had been, um, what, seven years. I first joined in 2010 with Jason, right when he put it together. Okay. So at its inception, I was there. And then, uh, when I got with Whitesnake, I pulled in Dorian, 
because I knew he's a Zep head like me, and yeah. I knew he would nail it, and he's still right. here, and you know, it's and it's awesome to see that, you know. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And you've played with Lynch Mob, Kenny Wayne, George. Shepherd. Yeah, George Lynch. Yeah, yeah well, Kenny we'll Wayne. St- yeah, we'll start with we'll start with Lynch Mob. When were you playing with them? George, man, uh, I just did shows with George a couple months ago. Really? Yeah. Like where? where you, yeah, man. We. Well, I saw him at M3 recently down in Maryland. Uh, no, we we did. Uh, no, I wasn't there, but we did uh, Rock Lahoma. Ah, okay. With him. Okay. Uh, and I did. Uh, uh, what else did I do? I did something in California up uh, up in his neck of the woods, like Santa Clarita area. Oh, right. And um, yeah, with uh, Scott Coogan on drums, who. Uh, Ace is another really. old yeah, yeah and he's another old friend of mine that we go back wow we go back years man he was in a band with we were in a band together in like 99 or 2000 right when i moved to la really wow coogan coogan real yeah. talented dude great, out of his great pipes on that guy out of too, his yeah. fucking mind though yeah. like i love him he's a madman but um that's a fun gig you know i love playing with george i'll always play with george anytime he he needs i, I just think uh I just think he's a, a really uh, special uh, person and mind. I, I like yeah. I like George's brain. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What about Kenny Wayne Shepherd? When did you play with him? Kenny, he's a he's a good good Southern gentleman. That guy, and uh, you know, I I always have mad respect and appreciation for him because um, you know he gave me a chance when uh, he didn't he didn't have to. You know what right. I'm saying? So um, that was in two thousand and four, three, okay. four, somewhere in there. Right. And, uh, yeah, that was like my first real, you know, proper tour bus tour. and Really cool. Yeah. That was like and me seeing the countryside and, and that whole thing and right. getting endorsements. And, uh, yeah, that yeah. was a very exciting time, you know. But God bless him. But it's like he had, a, he had such a rocker in the band. It was like all I could do to, you know. <laughs> Rock not yet you know, to contain myself you know what i mean i yeah i was so thirsty to play hard rock um but he kind of rides that wave you know it's, yeah it rocks and he was putting out a record at that time called the place you're in which had more of a rock slant to it it was produced by uh, marty Fredrickson, so uh it had more of a pop rock kind of an element to it but um yeah i just saw noah hunt his singer two nights ago when, uh when we played uh cincinnati oh cool yeah Cool. So let's talk a little bit about White Snake. You guys had the uh, Purple record out. Uh, yeah, the Purple album. Ago. And then it's been a number of years before since uh, an album of original material. I think we're going back to 2011. Yeah, man. Right, eleven and, uh, for the Forevermore album. Forevermore, correct. Yeah, that was my first record with them. Yeah, know? yeah, great record. Yeah. And what can we expect with the next record? Because it sounds like. Is it done? I mean, it sounds like it was done, but there was a technical problem yeah, or something. There, yes, there was quite a quite a technical issue going on with that record that uh, is done. It's in the okay. can. Uh, creatively, it's 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 done. It just needs, at this point, uh, a proper mixing. Uh, okay. That's pretty much where it's at right now. Because um, we even got a report, I think, from David that there was a music video shot, which that was going back like to March, and we still we still haven't seen that. So I guess that hasn't been released yet. I don't, oh, I don't think, know. I don't think so. You're at, I, you. Sh- I should know that, huh? Yeah. I, well, I should know that doing the interview, but yeah. I, I don't think so. If it has, it, no, it's it totally no. You know what? It has head. not, or it has, or it's about to very recently because now you've just jarred my memory that we saw. I just watched uh, two different versions of of the single, okay. uh, of the video. So that'll be dropping 
real soon? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then the record will drop. Uh, I'm not sure when, but we are planning on doing a big uh, tour for it for next year, like a okay. proper world tour. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. And how has this record differed? I guess there's different songwriters involved this time. Obviously, Doug isn't with you guys anymore. No. no. And... Uh, is it a different sound, do you think? Do you think you're going in a different direction with it? Yes, I definitely think it's a different sound. And yeah. It's definitely going in a different direction, for sure. Okay. Um, because it's, you know, different writers bring, as you know, you're a songwriter. Right. Different writers bring a different palette, and we've all got our influences we draw upon. And uh, um, I would say that it's still, a, you know, a, an essential White Snake record because it has all of those essential ingredients. You know, it's got some, you know, muscular guitars and and uh you know driving kind of tunes but i think some of uh, the melodic uh sensibilities are different on this record than on the previous record of of original music for sure cool. because i just think there's more of a uh there's there's more of a uh, of a relationship between the two guitarists in this band now where that didn't really exist in the last lineup right uh, right at all okay so now joel and reb have uh have communication um and they're both creative uh you know and that's that's the beauty about them as guitar players they're not they obviously have chops i mean joel has some pretty sick chops that you watch and you go god damn it's 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 up there right Uh, yeah but he plays for the song which i love about him like he will just hit open chords and not worry about it right Right. You know, um, yeah. there's a lot to be said about a musician like that, you know. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Well, we cannot wait to hear that. And uh, I know you got a show coming up, so we're not going to keep yeah, you Yeah, we're going to rock it tonight, man. <laughs> rock it in the dirty jurors, as they say. All yeah. my all my. Where are you from originally? Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yeah, okay. I'm, a, I'm a fucking asshole. As they say. Can I swear on your podcast? Oh, yeah, I'm absolutely. sorry. Please do. But yeah, I'm a asshole, And um, there's a bus full of assholes up front right now. My family, some of my family are here. Oh, cool. And uh, yeah, man, born and raised right outside of Worcester County. Right. So uh, saw, yeah, what's up, all rush, you people out of Worcester? In, in Worcester. Oh yeah, at the yeah. Centrum. At the Centrum. Yeah, I you think did. that's the only show I've seen in Worcester. And uh, our son is been taking some banjo lessons. Nice, and, dude. And uh, his his teacher quit on us. So, and the guy was great too. So we're we're bombed. I was hoping you lived in New York because I was going to say, can I hire you to give uh, Harrison some banjo? I wish. Lessons? I got but, three. He probably plays better than I do. I could probably hire him for some work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Yeah, man. Cool. Well, Michael, thank you so thank much you, for your Mark. time. Thanks, Have a great dude. show tonight. Thank you very much, man. Okay. Must
Love Will Set You Free by Whitesnake. Great stuff. Thanks to Michael Devon for joining us on Talking Metal. Go support him by purchasing From the Earth, the EP. We heard a song earlier in the, in the show, Creature Feature by From the Earth, featuring Michael Devon. Go buy that song or go buy the whole EP. If you, not, you, know, if you do Spotify, just at least go listen to it on Spotify. There you go. Um, we're going to round things out today with an interview uh, I recorded a while ago. I apologize, Indy. It took me so long to get this interview up. It is uh, Indy from the band Doomsday Outlaw, and they got some good rock and roll going with this. So without further ado, this is off the Hard Times album by Doomsday Outlaw, and it's called Over and Over, and then we'll go right into the interview from there. It's Mark Striegel. We have Indy Chanda for On The Line, the bassist 
Doomsday Outlaw and Indy, thanks for this great new record, Hard Times. Uh, welcome to Talking Metal. Brilliant. No, thanks for having us. Uh. Awesome. Cool. And you guys are doing these these big riffs, these grooves in the songs, and, and just great hooks. We just heard the song over and over. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about the the history of the band for the the listeners who may know nothing about you. Where are you guys from, and how long have you been around? How did this whole thing come about? Okay, so we're from we're from like the middle of uh, the middle of England, based mainly around Derby, which is bang in the middle of the city, bang in the middle of the country. There's not very much there really. A lot of countryside, and Rolls Royce manufacturing and and that's it. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, so we uh, we've been together in this lineup um, two and a half years. Um, kind of went through various lineups, but that was when we uh, that was when we got our vocalist on board, um, having gone through a couple of singers that weren't working out. Um, but as soon as Phil walked in um, and started doing his stuff in our first rehearsal, we knew we'd found found the guy that we needed, and uh, we put out an album two years ago that we did ourselves. Uh, which we spent as much time and effort as we could because we wanted to put a proper product out instead of just a demo. Um, and that immediately saw us get picked up uh, by Frontiers. Um, I mean, literally, we got a message the day the album was released because uh, wow. Mario from the label had seen some of the reviews and, and contacted us straight away. Um, and it's kind of been a bit of a whirlwind ride since then because we weren't, we weren't aiming to get signed. Um, so, yeah, we're kind of learning, <laughs> learning as we go along, but it's going well. Awesome. And musically, where do you guys pull your influences from? Because I hear a lot of, you know, old school influences like obviously Zeppelin and and the classic rock stuff. But I also hear like, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but like I could almost hear like a audio slave uh, fan digging what you're doing. What what where do you think you guys fit in and, and where uh, are you pulling your influences from? Um. I mean, we all listen to, to loads of different stuff. I mean, we kind of cross over when it comes to things like, like you say, the kind of the Led Zeppelins and the, the early Black Sabbath and things. Um, and, uh, you know, we also listen to like the more modern stuff like Alter Bridge and, um, and all, well, I was going to say Soundgarden, which probably, <laughs> probably right. isn't that modern nowadays, but you know, you know what I mean. Um, right. um, but then on top of that, we're all listening to like, I mean, yeah, you, there's almost a hint of Funkadelic in the yeah. breakdown of some of the songs and, um, we've just been uh, traveling to Newcastle now. We've just been uh, getting some Elton John on, some classic songwriting because everything's about the songs at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, we've had a mix of Elton John and Motown on the way on the way here from Edinburgh. It's been great. Right. But um, I mean, the way it works is that Steve will come to the rehearsal with an idea for a song, and then everyone just jams what they feel happy with. So what you end up with is, you know, even if Steve might have had an idea in his head, by the time it comes out the other side, it's got. Yeah, you know, a little bit of Credence in it, a bit of Zeppelin, a bit of Marvin Gaye, just what you know, whatever whatever people think fits, and we we try until it works. Right on, and then you know the the riffs are in your face; they're heavy, they're big, big grooves, big hooks. And you know, you mentioned Elton John. One of the songs that really jumped out on me was actually the uh, a softer song on the record with some piano um, into the light. Any any story or memories of that song coming about? Um, I mean, Into the Light is 100% um, Phil's work from, from start to finish. He came in and said, yeah, we want to do something that's um, kind of gives the album a little more texture, a bit of a different sound. Um, so he plays piano on it. He um, 
obviously writing singles lyrics that's that's uh, that's all phil um and i think uh on that song particularly you you get an idea of what phil does with all these songs which is yeah he doesn't write generic lyrics he's not about kind of fist in the air like you just don't care and all that <laughs> he's uh everything he does is quite personal and i think that's why uh that's why the songs are kind of resonating with people because they can tell that there's actually some something behind it there's real emotion and what he's singing about is you know means something to him and hopefully that then connects with people so they can put their own meaning on it and take something away from it and on a song like into the light that's so stripped bare that the, that whole ethic really comes through absolutely. but it's the same for all the songs yeah absolutely and where did you guys first find phil uh on the internet wow <laughs> amazingly um I said we uh, we had to uh, we had to kick out the singer before, um, and you know I remember saying to the lads that we're uh, yeah obviously the the singer is is a focal point for your band and if that's not right, it's not right which is which is why we found ourselves in the position we were in. I remember saying to the lads you know we could be could be searching for months if not years to find the right person to kind of put their stamp on the on the music that we're making. Um, but literally two weeks later, we'd uh, I'd put some adverts up on uh, various uh, musician sites, and Phil sounded promising, so we got him down for rehearsal, and um, he was singing songs on uh, some. Uh, he was singing some of the songs that we'd already released, so, so we got that kind of benchmark in our head of how they'd been sounding up until that point. As soon as he opened his mouth and started wailing on them, you could just see see John behind the kit. I remember just like a massive, massive grin on his face. He was like, "This nice. is working." Um, so yeah, and he lives, he lives not far from, uh, not far from the rest of the lads in Derby, and um, yeah, so it's all kind of worked out, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, did you have to bring him in from anywhere, knowing that you found him on the internet? But that's that's amazing that he was somewhat local. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we're not kind of like I said, most of the lads are based in Derby. I'm in Sheffield. Home of Def Leppard, which right is on. like an hour's drive from Derby, and uh, yeah, so we're yeah we're kind of a little bit spread out, but not too much. So we're kind of already already kind of prepared for the fact that even though Phil doesn't live in the same the same postcode or zip code, um, yeah, we knew that, that if a bit of travelling is what's needed to get to get the right person in, then that's what we'll do. And um, yeah, it's worked out beautifully. So what's the plan moving forward? You know, it's it's so hard for for new bands to get traction nowadays that's why i i just i said to uh the the pr guy i gotta get these guys on we gotta introduce them to our our listening audience but what what is like how 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 hard is it going to be for you guys to break through it just seems like there's a you know such a a a real hard it's a hard thing to do for bands to break through to to people nowadays, especially when there's not a big budget behind them. Uh, do you have a plan in place as to what you're going to do as far as touring and promoting? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're working on like so we're kind of uh, making this up as we go along to a certain extent. And and yeah, you know, when we got signed, the first thing we did was we sat down and we said, you know, let's get some some goals, some solid goals of things that we want to do, make them as ambitious and ridiculous as you want and um and we'll see we'll see how far we get um and the first thing i did when we got signed was i i signed up to a uh, to a course on how to manage an, art, an artist um, and kind of learned learned some stuff there made some contacts and we've took it from there and um, been booking shows we're on a we're on a month-long trek with uh, jizzy pearl as we speak that's who we're playing with tonight so playing all the classic love hate yeah um 
so we've got that and then in august we're uh, we're out with graham bonnet from rainbow nice um and also we're starting to go on some of the bigger festivals so we're playing we're playing bloodstock festivals so i don't know if that's if that's well known in america oh, or yeah. not it's uh, yeah definitely it's uh, yeah so it's, it's pretty big so we're on uh, we're on there with the likes of um Gajira and judas priest and uh, mr Baker playing um so yeah we're uh, kind of just feeling our way really kind of taking any opportunities that that come and uh, seeing what happens um, do you think you'll be able yeah, to get over to north out, america we'll is north america possible? We'd love to. yeah yeah i mean i've i've been over to america quite a few times for holidays and things and I always try and catch a band and sometimes sometimes we went over specifically for a show and i went over for the kiss and aerosmith co-headline whenever that was that was a while ago yeah um blackstone cherry in vegas uh van halen in madison square garden so oh, I was there. yeah i'm kind of kind of came over specifically for those shows because i think the american the american gigs are quite different to british gigs right um so yeah, we yeah, I'd love to get over there and kind of be on the other side of the barrier. Yeah. Cool. Well, the best of luck to you. And again, the new record is Hard Times, out through Frontiers Music, and the stuff just sounds great. I really, uh, I really hope you can catch a wave and and ride this stuff and get it out there to the masses. Thanks, mate. Uh, yeah, you know, everything like this really helps to do that. So yeah, we're very uh, appreciative.
that made me by doomsday outlaw that's going to do it for today's show guys support us on patreon please hook up with us there go to our website talkingrock.net or talkingmetal.com what else uh you can check emily out on social media where's the best place to check you out emily space.pony on, on instagram. instagram yep and emily striegel on twitter cool and uh we're gonna be heading up to heavy montreal very soon emily's gonna be doing a bunch of interviews up there i'm gonna be are doing we gonna be running there. around on our own are we taking a bunch of mics are we doing we're like, gonna have numerous up. things going on in in case that has to happen but we're gonna be shooting video recording audio doing podcasts i'm gonna go up there a day early for the punk rock festival which is called 77 montreal uh i gotta do a little research on who's playing there what about the dumplings i just need time for dumplings <laughs> right the dumplings of course <laughs> of course if you if you missed emily's interview with uh the basis from trivia yeah it was a couple episodes ago a few episodes ago we Good talked stuff. about the food we talked yeah. about the food at heavy montreal rabbit burgers hell yeah i ate a rabbit burger last time oh so. god i don't even want to hear that i don't want to hear about rabbit burgers but i right. ate um Veggie dumplings. Yeah, very good. Cool. And on that note, we will check out. Again, please support. Use the Amazon links, PayPal donations, Patreon. Join us there. Buy a T-shirt from me on PayPal or on, you know, just send me 20 bucks through PayPal, your shirt size and, and whatnot, and I'll get that out to you. All right. Cool, guys. And all that info, the Patreon, the PayPal is is listed in today's show notes. Just about any blog Talking Metal blog post on TalkingMetal.com. You can get all that info you need for supporting what we do here. At the very least, leave us a review on iTunes. Cool. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Coors Light presents Heavy Montreal, July 28th and 29th, outdoors at Parc Jean Drapeau, featuring Avenged Sevenfold, Rob Zombie, and Marilyn Manson. A weekend of hard rock and metal with Gojira, Emperor, Under Oath, Hollywood Undead, and many more. Festival passes are on sale now. See the full lineup at heavymontreal.com. Produced by Avenco. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.